श्री राधाष्टमी महामुस्वती की जाए और प्रमानंदे so we gathered on the auspicious occasion of Shiradastami appearance day of Shrimati Radharani so i want to give a brief talk discussion about Sri Radha as understood with the insight of Sriman Aurangu Mahaprabhu Gaur Hari ki jai and I will conclude the talk by giving Harinam Diksha to one of our students. Shri Harinam Prabhu ki jai. So, as you know, I'm sure, the world is suffering from an energy crisis. I remember in about 1973 that uh, here in the States there was headlines to this effect energy crisis and Prabhupada was commenting on it from his Krishna conscious point of view and that day and he was in Los Angeles speaking so that day I went out and we had a little book called Krishna the Reservoir of Pleasure so I went to some place for selling books there were many people I forget where the place was somewhere in Los Angeles area and I was handing out this it was a little kind of a booklet really Handing out the booklet, and I would say to people, "Have you heard about the energy crisis?" And they'd say, "Oh yeah," and that's it. Here's the solution. <laughs> <laughs> so they would take it in, and they would give a donation. The <clears throat> so Prabhupada heard about this, and he was very happy to hear that. Oh, he is going. Mr. Ferrari is going. And he's giving. He's saying, "Have you heard energy crisis?" <laughs> yes. Here's the solution. <laughs> Krishna. This way. He would. He was telling that the different temples he was going to and so forth. So that was quite some time ago. And, and of course, it's in the news today, these days, as well. In fact, that is the essence, in one sense, of, of Kali Yuga. It is uh, an energy crisis in two ways. Energy crisis because long time ago, Arjuna was in a situation where he saved a life of one demon, Mayadhanava, from forest fire by pacifying Agni, Dev. And so the demon offered him a benediction. The benediction was Yantrabhigyan. It means the science of, it means technology. And so... He was going to take the benediction, but Krishna stopped him and said, don't take that, it is meant for Kali Yuga. So with the development, industrialization and so forth, then there are some, along with the benefits, some problems follow as well, what they all are, to what extent it's hard to sort out, of course. This is one side, of course, then of the energy crisis. other side is uh, something we can speak more definitively about. That might sound odd. We're going to speak theologically, of course, and this tends to be relegated to the realm of faith and rather than fact and reason and, and science and so forth. But from our point of view, to talk about the world and the future and 
to make life more predictable, if you will, is to miss the point altogether, which is that life is unpredictable, except for one thing, and that is death. Sure as death, they say, that is certain. We can go to the bank on that. <laughs> so we should live our life as if death is sure, and with each day more sure than the previous day. This sounds perhaps a bit simplistic, but if people would do that the world over, it would be transformed. For the most part, people would become a lot nicer, <laughs> a lot more forgiving, a lot more kind, generous, and so forth. So it sounds simple, but it's not based on any speculation what will happen. The fact is, death is sure. I read some things about the recent hurricane and many people were predicting many things about it. This was, comes because of this, and this will mean this, and so forth. This is the reason it happened, and this is what will be the result of it. This is what it, 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 what it foretells, and, and so on. And there are many conflicting opinions, much speculation there. My analysis, again, was, oh, what it says to us is life is not predictable. But in this sense it is. Everyone will have to die, all of us. We have to face death. So then, people may question, who are you to say anything? We know that. But what will happen afterwards? <laughs> that you cannot say. But no, we can't say. Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has taught us that we should die to live. And by dying to live, he means that, this is of course a famous phrase of Sridhar Marsh, taken from Hegel, that he applied in relation to our theology and philosophy. That we should die to live means that we should die to the uh, exploitation that material life uh, is about. When we identify with the body as the self, the body, then, then we have needs. They're not our needs, but they're the needs of the body. And so we have to go and take and exploit to get to fulfill those needs. So to stop this taking, uh, to detach oneself from the sense, false sense of being the proprietor, being the owner, being the enjoyer, being needy, for that matter, it's all relative to the body. If one lives one life like this, based on knowledge, a life of detachment, and in a healthy way, then his life or her life becomes happier and happier. And this is really effectively dealing with the death problem, which is a problem. Why is death a problem? Because there are things that we like, that we are attached to, that inevitably will be taken away from us. And so it's a problem. But if we, have, if we are not attached to anything, then problem solved. And those who are effectively engaged in solving the problem, they become happier. So we're not in doubt about death. No, we have practical experience by applying ourselves in relation to the problem by the method given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Give up false sense of proprietorship. So, to speak then philosophically and now theologically 
this is not impractical in terms of the multitude of problems that we're faced with here in material life. We want impetus now for this life of detachment that's, that is the solution to death. So we get that from the theology of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It goes so high to the discussion today centered on Sri Radha. As we heard the other night, we were, uh, what is it, last night we were discussing how high Ramananda Roy took Mahaprabhu in his quest for the goal of life and how to attain it, to Radha's Prem. So by discussing this, we get so much, uh, so it's so, so charming, so much impetus, what our prospect is in life, what giving up the taking that material life is about ultimately leads to, where it takes us, to such a giving plane as Goloka, Vrindavan, supreme welfare state, everything provided. So energy crisis. Yes, one thing, Yantarigyan, this is a this is a problem. But the bigger problem in Kali Yuga, the bigger energy crisis, is what? The energy crisis is that Krishna is suffering from energy crisis. But he's not suffering from lack of energy. He's suffering from too much energy. <laughs> that is the problem. This is the crisis. Krishna has come in Kali Yuga. For what purpose? We call him Godhari. What does Godhari mean? Why do we call Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Godhari? Because he's Hari and he's golden. That is one reason. But there's another reason. Hari is a very favorite name of the Brajbasis for Krishna, the inhabitants of Vrindavan. They like to call Krishna Hari. Why? Because Hari means he who steals away. And by saying Hari, they're referring to him in terms of what he has done to them. He's stolen away their hearts. So, he's a thief. You know, in his childhood, he was a thief, <laughs> stealing butter and yogurt. He had the sense that things stolen from others taste better. Taste better. <laughs> Some added excitement to that. So thievery is not something that he's uh, un unacquainted with. But when it came to assessing, uh, to, to experiencing the measure of Radha's love and then the subsequent desire in Hari to taste that, he resorted to his nature, of course, and he tried to steal the Prem, the Bhava, of Radha. She is the supreme Shakti, as we heard. As Krishna is Avutari, she's Amsini. He's the source of all avatars, she's the source of all Shaktis. So, full Shakti, Purna Shakti. And he wanted to taste that, experience that. So, he, he has gold. He stole, she is golden. Tapta Kanchana, Godangi. Her complexion is golden. There's a reason for that. Uh, we'll get to that. But he st it corresponds with her emotions, her love. So stealing her love, then he's stealing her complexion. So Godhari. Gaur means golden. So the thief of Kali Yuga, I've said, he stole, tried to steal. We're only successful in stealing if we don't get caught. Otherwise, we tried to steal. So... He tried to steal. 
Radha's love. Now, this is an important theological point. The point is that he can't really successfully steal her love. This is the high point of Gaudiya theology. It's not within his grasp. Only if she agrees to give it to him will it be possible for him to get that. We'll discuss that some more, but anyway, he tried. And like a wise thief, he took the golden heart, stole the golden heart of Radha, her love, and hid in the darkness of Kali Yuga. He's black, sham, dark, hiding in the darkness of Kali Yuga. But his stealing caused him a big problem. He's trying to force his way to experience the fullness of the power of Radha Shakti. And this is a like circuit breaker. It's too much Shakti. So the real uh, energy crisis of Kali Yuga, those who are awake in Kali Yuga, is that too much energy, <laughs> too much Shakti. He's black and he's golden. He's the real black gold, if you will. <laughs> Oil is black and they say it's gold because it is driving the economy and everything. And we are running out of oil. Just shift the focus a little bit. You can make the solution to the whole energy crisis. You can find out too much energy, what to deal with, how to deal with it. He's black and he's gold. He's the source of energy, but his energy unleashed then is too much for him to, to bear. Unleashed means it's in him, inherent, but when it comes outside in a concrete form, as Radha, the embodiment of Mahabhav, and then he tries to assimilate that. Then he's passing out, falling on the ground. He tried to steal. Just see what happened to him. He tried to steal her love. He went for the gold, but he became a beggar. <laughs> he ended up a beggar only. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a sannyasi, Tridandi Bhikkhu means beggar. He tried to steal the golden heart of Radha, such wealth, and he ended up a beggar for that. But she couldn't leave him in that condition, the supreme enjoyer as a beggar. No. So all these things need to be discussed over and over and over again. This will solve all of our problems. If we have the power of Radha on our side, how can we have an energy crisis? Otherwise, relatively speaking, we may try to solve energy crisis by following this way or that way. There may be some, some value. We do recommend a more agrarian-based lifestyle and self-sufficiency has value and so forth. But it's all uh, somewhat speculative what will become of us. But if we <laughs> attach ourselves deeply to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then we will know for sure what will become of us and what the world could be like at least what it would be, will be like for us. So, to discuss all these things at some greater length, I want to discuss the last verse of Shikshastakam. In this verse, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu speaks this verse, writes this verse, but it is really not coming directly from his hand. He's holding the pen, but Radha is writing the verse.
आश्लिष्टवा पदव्रतम पिनाशतु मम आदर्शनम मामहतम करो तुवा यथा तथा वा विधातुलम पथो मत प्राणनाथस्तु सहि बना परा कृष्णस कविराज गोस्वामी tells us this was spoken by radha and now it's coming from the mouth of chaitanya mahaprabhu came from his mouth where in jagannath puri in what company in the company of ramananda roy and swarup damodar these are the two intimate associates of chaitanya mahaprabhu who in their brajlila identity in their identity in krishna lila are vishaka gopi and lalita gopi these two gopis are dear most friends of radha and very very competent they're competent to be group leaders themselves who would be like chandravali in competition with radha in the leela for krishna's uh, association but out of affection for radha they subordinated themselves to her and so they know her moods very very well vishaka as we mentioned in the day born on the same day under the same star as radha so very much in a similar disposition lita saki very dear to radha and very outgoing in her nature canvassing on her behalf appearing as ramananda roy and surup damodar and mahabhu spent his intimate days in puri with these two devotees radha's own friends handmaidens really it means that at this time in mahaprabhu's leela which is the end of his leela his identity that he is cultivating in his sadhana in the sadhana that he's teaching us in shikshastakam has is now complete he's attained the the ideal which is an identity giving up one identity that has to be given up anyway this uh, material identity it will be taken from us anyway we have we can do nothing about it ayur harati bai pumsam with the rising and setting of every sun it's being taken away <laughs> but then to give it up voluntarily and in the context of cultivating the, an identity that will endure in other words an enjoying identity and exploiting identity that this bodily identification fosters upon us that will not endure but a serving identity a giving identity the soul is a unit of serving capacity we are giving ourselves all the time the illusion of material life is that by giving it over to material objects we lose sight of the fact that we are actually serving and we think oh i'm the enjoyer i'm the king <laughs> meanwhile the kingdom is being taken away from us party is being crashed constantly but we are accustomed to ignoring that we have a, we have a real a real false optimism <laughs> no matter how many times how many signs are there how much writing on the wall we are ignoring it it's going to be okay it'll get better yeah and relatively so but never as good as we would like never as good as as uh, our heart hope we hope for happiness that has no concomitant distress factor happiness that will endure not happiness that will end suddenly one day so to move away from that identity and that do so in the context of cultivating an identity of giving you see giving this uh, 
is the real getting. This, this is real uh, progressive life. When we take, it appears that we get, but what do we get when we take, materially speaking? Things that are here today and then they're gone tomorrow. We keep moving, trying to get something else, add something onto our life. Well, this is the problem. We're trying to add something onto our life. No. Life is full in itself. You don't have to add anything to that. Subtract so many things that we're adding on to make our identity more perfect. And but subtract all these and we find our real self. So to do this, in the context of cultivating a, a giving identity, a serving identity, this is the basic idea that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught. And so we need sadhana. This, this is a charya lila, the lila of which, in which God, Krishna, comes to teach by his example. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lila is called acharya lila. So in his shikshastakam, he's giving the teachings. These teachings came at the end of his lila and they summarize everything that he taught. So he's teaching a way to cultivate an identity of love that's constituted of love and give up an identity that's constituted of, of taking. Love is about giving, not about taking. So, in this verse, this final verse of Shikshastakam, it's clear. He's now speaking, this is Krishna, but what's coming out of his mouth are the words of Radha. He's actually attained the identity, the bhava, the prema of Radha. He started to attain it in the previous verse, when he said, There he was speaking about separation, vipralamba, the ocean, if you will, of love of God. Rupa Goswami has described this ocean like bhakti, like an ocean full of waves. Like love, you know, it's very unsettling. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. But we cannot get off the ride, no matter how low it gets. It's too exciting. So the nature of Mahabharata's ideal, the transcendent ideal, therefore you can understand, is dynamic. It's not a static enlightenment, but a dynamic enlightenment that's full of movement. And this movement basically is like, uh, like the rising of the tide in the ocean, and then it's low tide and high tide, the tossing of the waves in high and low tide. So the low tide is like separation, separation from Krishna. And the high tide is mean, oh, that's union, vipralamba and sambhog. So the ocean of bhakti rasa is tossing like this. And within that, there are so many waves as well, so many undercurrents, so many, so many kinds of currents. Hmm? Riptide. Riptide, yes. <laughs> hmm? And high tide and low tide, these are two main features. Sambhog and Vipralamba. So one beautiful aspect of the Vipralamba, as frightening as it appears. Mahabharata was just crying like a monsoon of tears, torrents of tears pouring from his eyes. Separation is un unbearable. We, we, we feel some pain identifying, hearing about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's separation. It looks very uh, frightening, practically. But the beauty of this, in one sense, is that in this separation, the ocean of bhakti rasa is at low tide and you can enter there. At this point you can enter. At high tide, well, there's no question of entering there. 
So Mahaprabhu is showing first sep- through separation. He is sometimes called Vipralambamurti, the bare form of Vipralamba. Vipralamba means separation. So he personifies love and separation, and he's showing the way. So through separation, it means in a basic sense, through longing that comes in higher stages of bhakti, after submission, charnagati, surrender, longing comes. And this longing in separation, desiring to have the association of Radha and Krishna, to have some service there and so forth, this calls us our further progress. And practically speaking, for that matter, in Prem, we will first experience the Pralamba and then Sambhog. So Mahaprabhu was showing us, because he attained Prem in Vipralamba, in the first verse. What it means is this. Upon attaining Prem, then one leaves the world. This is the death. Die to live. Who died to material attachment in the context of cultivating love of Krishna, develops Prem. And when he that person, that devotee, appears to die physically, of course, we take that devotee's form and enshrine it in a in the samadhi mandir. That that becomes a worshipable place because that body has become spiritualized. But at the same time, he enters fully into his or her spiritual identity, like Chitna like as a gopi, and appears in the Braj Leela, wherever Krishna is performing his leela in the material world. And that devotee has love of Krishna. But what will happen? That gopi will grow up, or that gopa will grow up and hear Krishna Nam, and hear some description of Krishna, see the picture of Krishna, and feel vipralamba, beginning kind of vipralamba. There are different kinds of vipralamba, different types of separation, different types of union. You feel separation. And then, first this love comes in the devotee for Krishna, then it comes fully manifest in Krishna for the devotee. Then it's, as the Leela develops, then first meeting comes. Then the acknowledgement on Krishna's part of his love for the devotee and the devotee's love. First kind of union. This way the Leela progresses. So practically speaking, this Vipralamba, separation is important to us. And Mahabharata was shown this in the Shikshastakam. So he's attained Prem in Vipralamba. And in the last verse, the verse we were discussing, he attains Prem in Sambhog, in union. His identity is complete. And that identity that he was he is cultivating directly started to manifest when? When he said, Ayi namda tanuja kinkaram patitam maam vishami babam budo kripayatavapadapangaja in the fifth verse of Shikshastakam, he glimpsed that identity there that became a tangible reality. He could do from Namsmarn, Rupsmarna, the form of the Lord appeared in his heart, and a corresponding form he saw of himself in which to relate to the Lord. And Gunasmarnam and Lilasmarnam, and he end into, enters into Bhava Bhakti. It is said there, Ainanda Tanuja Kinkaram Potitam Vishwami Babam Buddha. Mahaprabhu is expressing, expressing great humility, and this humility just rises and rises and rises as this cultivation goes on and on and on. 
And so it's not absent in Prem. No, it's increased that much more. Radha is speaking in a voice full of Prem when she says, Asli Shiva Padaratam Panashtumam Adarshanam Marmahatam Kurotula Yatatata Vadidatulam Patomat Prananapas to Sevanapara. Let us discuss the verse. It is Mahabhav in union. In that union, separation is also present. It's not that separation retires, as I said. It's a prominent aspect of the ocean of Bhakti Rasa. So, union will come, separation will come. Union will come, separation. Separation facilitates union. One of the main purposes of this, of this fifth pralamba is that it, that it serves to make the union ah, so much possible, sweeter. People say sometimes, well, if you're always happy, that could be boring. <laughs> so, of course, that's debatable, but the, the nice thing about Bhakti Rasa is that, yes, in happiness of Bhakti Rasa, there's also unhappiness. So, if you want to make that point, we also have spiritual unhappiness. Spiritual <laughs> happiness and spiritual unhappiness. Hmm. <laughs> As I said, it's not a static enlightenment, hmm? the dynamic enlightenment. It's not knowledge that it ends in, but love that it ends in. That we can say retires knowledge, or we can say is really the practical and highest form of knowledge. The knowledge of what to do that can make one fully happy, not just a head of, full of theoretical knowledge. So... Here, Mahabhubha has been cultivating this identity. He's been cultivating, that means, the ego of Radha, the love of Radha. He, he stole it, but he's having a problem with it. It's giving him difficulty. He's falling on the ground, passing out, crying, losing consciousness. There, Ramananda Roy, Surup Ramadar, Vishaka and Lalita, they're coaching him. I've compared the Shikshastakam to the confession of the thief. After trying to steal... Radha's heart, then he's apprehended by the devotees and then forced to make his confession, verse after verse. Say some more. It was you, wasn't it? Hmm? <laughs> verse after verse, he comes out more and more and more. And finally, in the last two verses, his actual he starts to actually confess, yes, this is what I'm about. This is what I've tried to do. Just see. I admit, it's a problem. <laughs> You've caught me. And at that time, of course, then Radha's handmaidens are compassionate. If you confess, okay. All he wants you to do is to admit it. Just say that you did it. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> then we'll go on from there. So, he's speaking in the voice of Radha. He says, Asli Shiva Padaratam. Now, this verse, given in Chaitanya Charitamrita, is explained by Krishna Das Kaviraj who says, it is explained by Mahaprabhu himself in 13 Tripadi Bangla verses, simple verses in Bengali, poems, poetry. Mahaprabhu is speaking, Krishna's Kaviraj is writing it down, and he's explaining the meaning of his verse. So many, many things are said there. This, the topic of this verse is the, the attainment of what is called Mahabhav, but not just Mahabhav. Madanakya Mahabhav. So, huge topic. How can it not be? You say, why all these terms? That's you just analyze for yourself your own limited experience of material love. 
It has so many nuances. And so it's a, such a complicated affair that you can't really talk about it practically. You cannot talk about and explain the, what are the feelings of love. You can analyze them, write them down, and try to, to some extent, but it really is, uh, escapes this. Rupa Goswami has tried to write about it for our sake so we could just get a handle on it, something like that. But it's, it's really beyond speaking about. But in the context of trying to do so, he's analyzed. Oh, there is a Mahabhav, Rudha Mahabhav, Adi Rudha Mahabhav, Adi Rudha Modan Mahabhav, Adi Rudha Mahan Mahabhav. This kind of Mahabhav, that kind of Mahabhav. Adi Rudha Madan, Madan Mahabhav. He ends there. He says, can't say any more about it. Can't explain this. Give examples, he will. Rupa Goswami, in writing about this, in his book, Ujjbil Nilmani, he will say, explain a Leela, he will cite a Leela, and then he will say, and this is this kind of Mahabhav, and this is this aspect of Mahabhav, and this is... So that we can get some idea. So it's a big topic. And when Mahabharu speaks about it, in his Bengali verses, in his poetry. There are many nuances there that are discussed. But the main thing that Gaurhari does in explaining his own verse, just see his kindness, just see the kindness of Radha, so high and unapproachable for us. But because she's the embodiment of giving, the embodiment of love, she's very generous also. Karunamai, the very form of of compassion. So she is giving this to us in a way that we can digest it. She's explaining, Mahabharu is explaining, Radha is explaining this Mahabhav in terms of the, the ground on which this Mahabhav dances. So that we can get our feet on the ground there from which to look up at the towering ideal of Mahabhav and know how to, how to proceed. Therefore, when Mahabhu begins to explain this verse, he says, Ami Pada Krishna Dasi. He says, I am a maidservant at the feet of Krishna. This is Radha Thakurani speaking. Now, Radha Thakurani means she's the, the primal Shakti, the supreme embodiment of love. But she's envisioning herself as a maidservant in a harem a maidservant doesn't have a very high position. Krishna has a big harem. She says, Lampato, in this verse. Lampato means he's a playboy, this Krishna. <laughs> it was the best word I could translate it with after much consideration. Playboy means... You know, he's got lots of money. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. Women at his disposal. This is Krishna. She calls him like Ampato. He's a playboy. And how does she consider herself in relation to this playboy? Although she's the primary lover, the only real lover, everyone's really in the harem is only her own expansion for the sake of satisfying Krishna in different ways. She's the fountainhead of all the rasa, uh, of, of all the prem, all the love that Krishna is tasting as Rasaraj, Chandravali, this one, that one, they're all his, even those who are opposing and 
her and so forth, and they all her expansions. But this is her position. And how does she then view herself in spite of this high position? She says, Ami Pada Krishna Dasi. I am a maidservant at the feet of Krishna only. And Tenho Rasa Shuka Rasi. And Krishna, he's, she says it, he's the supreme personality of Godhead, to use Prabhupada's language. It's a very high thing, and see how she's giving it to us in a way that we can get on board. She's first saying, oh, this is all about service. This is the attitude here. I heard a fellow had written, fellow had written something, saying, you know, this love of Krishna, Radha's love for Krishna, Gopi's love for Krishna, I mean, it's really not about service. To think of it as of service is, is kind of getting in the way of cultivating the bhava, because these gopis, they're, they're actually actually in a loving relationship with Krishna. They're experiencing all the nuances of love and so forth. They're thinking themselves as servants. Hmm? So if we are to pursue that, we should cultivate all these kind of sentiments and and so forth. And if we kind of cultivate this service attitude, like Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsati Thakur is pushing, then we may end up in Vaikuntha, where it's Dasya Bhakti. Golok is everything in Vaikuntha and more. The groundwork is seva, self-sacrifice. Love is about giving. How many times we have to say? Self-sacrifice, more than that. Self-forgetfulness. It goes goes to such an extreme. So Radha is saying this. She's saying it. Amipada Krishna Dasi. I'm a maidservant of Krishna. And he is the one who tastes all rasa. He's rasaraj. Means he's, he's the supreme personality of God. He's the supreme object of love she says. So we learn from her that this Madhanakya Baha Mahabhav, such a high ideal, can be attained by the jiva. This is the secret of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching. That the groundwork for this, the, the ground it comes out of, is a, is a serving disposition. After all, when Mahaprabhu spoke in a generic way about the swarup of the jiva, what did he say? Jiva swarup hai Krishna nityadas. The swarup, the identity, the nature of the jiva, to be a servant of Krishna. So Radha has d done two things here in this verse. She identified herself as a service, servant, saying service attitude, giving, which in the beginning means giving up. We've been taking, so <laughs> we have to give those things, that I mentality of being the taker away. This is not separate from cultivating the giving. This goes hand in hand. And as you give up the things that are cluttering your life, you start to become full. The fullness that you're really constituted of starts to come out. You come out of the empty bag of material identity and you see, hey, I'm the contents. I'm not the bag. <laughs> so then you have something to give. So she says this, and then she says what? That in order to be a full giver, She's saying, you have to know who is the perfect object of love to whom we can give. So she's identified the attitude of giving as the secret to being happy in life, if you will, and then the object, the perfect object of love, which if we give to, then we can experience the full face, if you will, of giving that is synonymous with the Brajlila. That's where we end up.
This is the experience of the mystics. In other words, in order to give perfectly, fully of yourself, you have to find an object that's capable of fully taking. So she's saying, Tengho, Rasa Sukarasi. Krishna is the supreme taker. He's the supreme enjoyer. He can take unlimitedly. So here's where to give. Now, you give anywhere, that's a fact, and you will get. If you give to a less than perfect object of love, still you will get something. What do you get? You get more fullness. And what is the fullness a result of? The fullness is a result of coming closer to the perfect object of love by the act of giving. In other words, giving brings gradually... It's enlightening. It's, it's the reality. It's what we're made of. Capacity to give. So as, even if we give imperfectly, because we don't give completely of ourself, or we try to give completely of ourself, but the object to which we give is not capable of, of assimilating that giving and reciprocating accordingly. So in this kind of twofold type of imperfect giving, there is some getting. But what is the getting? The getting is that, that imperfectly giving, you come closer thereby, even imperfectly, to the perfect object of love. Because why? What does Gita say? Said the absolute is situated in act of sacrifice. Basic instruction of Bhagavad Gita. It's eternally situated in acts of sacrifice. So somehow sacrifice. Somehow give. Give up. <laughs> Even if the giving your giving has to begin by giving up. Taking. By this method we come closer to the perfect object of love that Radha has identified in this verse. Teho rasa rasi. This is Krishna. And Amipada Krishna Dasi. See how she's making, bringing it down to our level. This verse again, Mahabharata was speaking about the highest ideal. Madana Mahabhav. Rupa Goswami has written at length about this. So many things, so many examples, and all the, so many different nuances of love. A very big topic. He had exhaustively, written exhaustively, cannot say enough about it, cannot do justice to it. High topic, even sometimes we're told, you shouldn't even read it. Beyond your scope. Acharya Leela, see what an expert teacher he is. He's done in a practical way. We can follow his example, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Coming to the last verse of his teaching in Shikshastakam, speaking about the highest thing as he himself attains the identity that he came to this world to experience, to attain. Still, speaking about it in a way that we can get a handle on it. I told Gitaraj Swami, who came here the other day at this point, about Prabhupada. I said, the greatness of a person can also be estimated in this way. That, although preoccupied with higher talks, higher topics, that person, that sadhu, speaks about that topic in a lower way relative to the audience, that they may be able to take advantage. This is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has done in this last verse of Shikshastakam. And when we say Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has done it, we mean Radha has done it. How can she but do that, you see? She's the perfect embodiment of love. And uh, we understand, she's teaching herself. Love is about giving, about serving, about giving, giving up, 
self-sacrificing, uh, coming further, self-forgetfulness. So such a selfless person, such a giving person, she will have to give to us also, even as unqualified as we are. Therefore, Mahavadanaya Uttar, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And what has made him the Mahavadanaya Avatar? He's Krishna. Comes in so many avatars. What has made him so magnanimous? Ah, this avatar, he's fully influenced by Radha. He's both combined. Mahabhav, what is that verse? Chidari? Rasaraj, Duyekarup. Mahabhav is Radha, Rasaraj is Krishna. These two, Duy, Ekrup coming in one form. And that has made the avatar so magnanimous, so generous. Don't be afraid of Radharani. <laughs> no. Go to Vrindavan. Take advantage. Jai Radhe. Coming to us so, so, so with open arms. So Mahabharu explaining in this way. What is he explaining? In the very beginning, he's, by, by these two lines I've cited, Bengali lines explaining his verse. He's saying, when giving is properly centered on the perfect object of love, and we progress from giving up, which is self-sacrifice, to self-forgetfulness, the perfect object of love appears before us as a playboy. Mystical. And this is the experience of the great Gaudiya mystics. And they're writing about that. Now, these are, you see, universal principles that giving, giving is receiving. Everybody says this. Now we just take, playing that out. And where does it take us when we go with the f full measure of this? Then we end up with the mystic vision of the playboy Krishna. And because the giving of Radha becomes so, is so great, she can say this, oh, you playboy. She can speak to him this way. She says, Asdishiva Padratam, because I've, I'm devoted to your feet as a dasi, although I, she is the supreme shakti, she thinks I'm just a maidservant. In your great harem, I'm just one maidservant, that's all. And I'm sold out. Whatever, whatever pleases you, that I do. What Mahabharata was doing here, what Radha is doing, explaining her own position, because it's difficult to understand. In the Leela, she's chastising Krishna. Sometimes she tells her handmaidens, Lalita, Vishaka, Rupa, Manjari, don't let him in. If you see that black snake, then send him away. Hmm? I'll have nothing to do with him. Hmm? And they say that to him, Get out of here! Krishna, go away, go away! And don't send your friends here either canvassing on your behalf. Such strong language. They're talking to God about God like this. Get out of here. Ordinary people, ordinary devotees trying to get his company. Send him away. He cannot see her. She's not available. Hmm? <laughs> so how do we understand this then? And then she's saying, I, I just consider myself a maidservant. <laughs> Who are you kidding, do you think? Hmm? So the Leela on its face is a little difficult to understand. In explaining this verse, Mahaprabhu says, in the voice of Radha, that sometimes I see him go with another gopi. 
And at that time, I become mad at him. I become jealous. But Mahaprabhu explains, she becomes jealous. Why? Because she knows he likes that. He gets some pleasure from that. To a certain point, she says. And who's expert, she says, knows just when to give in. Yeah, this uh, Rupa Goswami cited the verse about this. This is called man. It's a prominent aspect of Radharani's love, this anger. She's a vam gopi, left-wing gopi. It means she gets angry sometimes and she jealous and and so forth. Many different subtle nuances, types of this man and so forth. So it's big, as I say, big, big complicated topic as love is complicated. And so much more divine love. He says, Ahiri premna sabavukuti With cause or without cause, this man comes. Sometimes for no good reason, she may become angry. And sometimes for good reason, she found out that he was with, on the plea of something else and not meeting with her, he was actually with Chandravali for good reason. When it's with good reason, he has to come bearing gifts <laughs> to finally pacify her and, and get it, entrance. When it's without good reason, then she give up with just some talk and her man will dissipate and so forth. So the basic idea that Mahaprabhu has explained here is that, that underlying this is the attitude that because it's pleasing, Krishna likes this, therefore I show this. Because it gives him pleasure. Sometimes in the Leela, she asserts herself, pushing other gopis aside, pushing herself forward. I thought you said you were like you a handmaiden here, just a maidservant. Oh yes, let me explain. You see, I know at that time that what he wants, and only I can satisfy him. Therefore, I push everybody out of the way. So the, the point is, the background of this is a serving attitude. Mahaprabhu says in explaining this verse in the voice of Radha that I find seva more valuable than sambhog. Seva means service. That I, the only reason that I have union with Krishna is because he likes it. If he doesn't want it, then I go the other way. If he wants to enjoy with another gopi, then I will go to that gopi's house and bring her. Mahaprabhu gives the example of um, the leper and the, the, the brahmani and her husband. Her husband was a leper. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was taking care of him. And he had a desire to meet with a prostitute, a worldly lady. And so the wife found out about this. So she went and became a maidservant in the house of that prostitute cleaning her house and so forth and this wealthy prostitute this brahmani got her attention said you're a brahmani what are you doing here cleaning my house like this oh i'm here because uh, my husband has a desire well what desire he wants to have union with you the prostitute was shocked and you come here such with such this kind of devotion to selflessness to your just to satisfy your husband it's a long long story but mahaprabhu cites this example this is Radharani's attitude. If it would please Krishna, then I'll bring... But she knows it doesn't really please him. After all, again, all these gopis are expansions of herself for satisfying to some extent in different ways, for creating waves in the ocean of bhakti rasa of, of variety and different nuances and so forth so that he can fully taste rasa, which he does in relation to Radha. 
So in so many ways, in, to some extent I should say, these different nuances of her love are explained in order to underscore the main point of this shloka. Asli Shiva Padarotam. She says, sometimes he embraces me because I'm devoted to his feet. Asli Shiva Padarotam Pinashtumam Adarshanam Marmahatam Karotuva. And sometimes it's just the opposite. He plunges me into, into despair and, 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 and separating himself from me. And to such an extent that he embraces another gopi right in front of me. But ne- even though I may show anger, this is why I'm sure, because I know he, he wants this, he, he'll, he'll like that. But if it was true that he actually wanted that gopi more than me, I'd become her servant. So this way Mahabharata is explaining what underlies that whole leela and telling us, this is where you get on board here. This you should be able to identify with, this aspect. It's, again, said in common English parlance, giving is receiving. You've got to start giving, giving up sacrificing, developing a serving attitude, we're going to enjoying at it. This is the emphasis of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Did he just, didn't know about the Leela or not giving it to us when he would emphasize first deserve, then desire, first submission, then longing, cultivating, he emphasized cultivate the serving ego. This is coming from, not, not Mahabharata's mouth. Yes, Mahabharata's mouth, but the very, very voice of Radha. Radha is now speaking through him. He's now his attainment of spiritual identity is, is complete. He's become as Radha. And these are the words coming from his mouth. So now he's attained. And he's attained how? In the company of Ramananda and Vishaka, or Surup Damodar, Vishaka and Alita. He's speaking this verse in the voice of Radha to them, seeing them in their gopi identities. They're coaching him. And they are now giving, in this final verse, they're giving Mahaprabhu their blessings because now he's fully confessed his crime of trying to steal Radha's heart. He did steal, but he was not successful, so therefore we say he couldn't steal. He was not successful, therefore so many problems came. So all these contortions and crying and big problem. This is the energy crisis, as I said at the beginning of Kali Yuga. Too much energy. The black gold is not running out, but Krishna's running on overload. Too much Shakti of Radha. So now, in the end, they're going to give their blessings. Mahaprabhu says, okay, you've confessed? All right, everything's all right. Now taste that love and our, with our blessing. Again, theologically speaking, he cannot fully steal it. It's her property. With her blessing, he can get it. Therefore, he tried to steal the gold, but he became a beggar. Only a sannyasi, beggar. He ended up broke. Now he can get the wealth with their blessing. But we might ask, we might question, wait a minute, it all sounds very charming, but how can Krishna, who is the supreme God, be lacking anything? How can he be lacking in anything? You say he cannot get the bhava of Radha. He has to steal that. And even then he has to, he's not successful. He has to confess his thievery and beg for it. So this we have to discuss a little bit philosophically, theologically, from the point of view of philosophy and bhava and leela. Yes, he's Godhari. He tried to steal the golden heart of Radha. 
this Hari. Hari means thief. He came to Kali Yuga there, trying to hide out. The devotees found him, forced him to confess. But how can how can this be? How can Krishna be lacking anything? So he's full. He's the supreme God. But it is said he's full of he's full of love. But he's alone. So this is a problem. The Shruti says, Ekaki na Ramote. One cannot have any fun alone, is what it says. <laughs> it's no fun being alone. So the one becomes two. This Ladini Shakti that Radha personifies is inherent within Krishna, just like sweetness is inherent inside of sugar. But can sugar taste itself? Problem. So, that inherent shakti manifests in a concrete form as Radha, which then complements his own beauty. He is rasa, she is prema. With the two, then this tasting can be possible. She can taste him, and thereby he can taste rasa. So, it's a theological necessity for the one to become two. Of course, it's not an event in time. Srila Sarup Damodar Goswami, such a competent person, Lalita Saki herself, has described this wonderfully, and Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami wrote it down in his Chaitanya Charitamrita. Radha Krishna Pranay Bhikriti Ladini Shakti Rasmad Ekatmano Vapi Bhuvi Pura Deham Vedo Gatoto Chaitanyakyam Prakatam Adunat Taddvayam Chaikyam Aptam Radha Bhava Dhyuti Suvalitam Naomi Krishna Sarupam he said that Krishna is one, but he eternally becomes two. And the affairs of these two, Radha and Krishna, is all being governed by the Ladini Shakti. And those two on earth, he says, again become one, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, pranam to him. By whose grace we can know about these things. These things this becomes accessible to us, this truth. So Radha and Krishna one soul in two bodies, something like that. And with the manifestation of the, of the primal Shakti in a concrete form, Sri Radha, so the possibility of the manifestation of so many Shaktis, all Jiva Shakti, Maya Shakti, it's all coming from the one original Shakti. Therefore, it's said that, again, the one becomes many. Aikshata, Saikshata, Bahusham. He glanced, and there were many. Why? The one became many for the purpose of, of Leela, for fun. Because it's not fun to be alone. So, Radha and Krishna are one. But in Leela there too. And why then didn't Krishna just say to Radha, you know, I want to taste your love. And she said, oh, fine, taste it. She's a maidservant of Krishna, right? She's told us that she'll do whatever he wants. But no, she won't give him her love. She won't give him her, like, her frame. She loves him, but <laughs> she won't give him that uh, experience from her vantage point. Why not? Because she knows it will be problematic for him. Not only problematic for him, but it will be a problem for the whole world. The whole religious world. Because she knows... It will drive him mad. And he is Purna Brahma, the Supreme Brahman. 
and the Purna, Purna Brahma goes mad and starts falling on his uh, around and crying and <coughs> wailing and so forth. What will the yogis think then? What will the religious people think? <laughs> the whole religious world, the whole world of Dharma could get turned upside down. God is having a problem. And the whole basis of our worshipping him is that he doesn't have any problems, he's God, we worship him, <laughs> we meditate on him in yoga because of the, we want to still the mind and uh, uh, there are so many problems in the world and we're getting away from them. And, and we find now the object that we're meditating on is not still, it's, he's moving and falling over and crying, hiding in the bushes and pouting because Radha has left the Radha dance like we heard in Vasantra. Rasalila the other night. She knows this is a problem. It will be a problem for him. It will bring embarrassment to him. The last thing that Radha wants to do is to embarrass Krishna. She wants him to be seen in the in the best light, actually. This is her spirit. Yes, it's true, she is his guru. He admits it. Radikar Prem Ami Guru. Radikar Prem Guru Ami Shishanatha. The Prem of Radha, that is my guru. And I am her dancing pupil only. But this is the secret tutelage of Krishna on the part of Radha. This is not to be known everywhere. Hmm? Again, this will turn the whole world of Dharma of religion upside down and put it into chaos. We believe in God, but now we find out he's got a problem. This is even worse. So they don't want to do she doesn't want to do that. So she withholds. Then he has to resort as I said earlier, to his nature. <laughs> he knows he's, he's Hari. This is a favorite name in Braj. Hari. Because it means he stole our love, stole our hearts. So he likes to steal. So he makes a great attempt. He ponders perhaps the greatest theological question in existence. What is the nature of Radha's love for me? What is that like? How can I experience that? And then he thinks, well, this is my nature. She won't give it to me, so I'll steal it. So he makes the effort. He steals. But he's a great thief. He stole that love. He came to the world, became a problem. He confessed his thievery in the association of Radha's handmaidens that blessed him. But behind all this, he has some thinking too. Radha's concerned. If Krishna takes my love... It will make him mad, and people will know what is my position. My horn will be tooted all over the world. People will be singing my glories everywhere. And I want Krishna's glories to be sung, not mine. My mentality is, I may be, theologically, you can say whatever you want. I'm the, the fountainhead of all shaktis. But how does, the, how does the supreme giver feel? You understand? When you really give, and people say, well, that was so nice, you go, oh, no, 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 it's nothing, nothing. I didn't do anything. In fact, when you really, somebody, I don't know who, puts $108 in our bank account in, in Cloverdale every month. I don't know who it is. It may be one of you. <laughs> this month, twice, 108, 108. I'm thinking, who is that? You see? that You want to get attention for giving? Hmm? <laughs> Hide! Don't let anybody know it was you. Who did that? You'll be the, the, the getter, the receiver will go mad. 
trying to find that person. As much as you attach wanting to be known, forgiving to it, then it will not be as becoming, as attractive. Secretly giving, and the receiver has to find that person. Oh, Radha, she's the supreme giver. So how does she think, you see? This is her nature. I'm, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. I'm just a maidservant. That's all. She doesn't want to be known all over the world. This is a problem. She thinks if Krishna takes, if I give him my preem, then he goes mad. Everybody sees what is my position. And that, yes, I'm, I'm his, his teacher in this regard, but I want to do that secretly. I don't want my glories to be heralded everywhere. She's moving away from that. No pratishta. And she has the supreme position. Her position is such that, that Krishna is, is subordinate to her. This, this is un, unimaginable that God is subordinated to, to anyone else. Of course, it's his own self, in a sense, as we said theologically, but we don't like to talk about it as much like that as we do from the point of view of Bhava and Leela. Much more charming, much more true. <laughs> so this way she avoids. But Krishna's got another idea in mind. Yes, I'm a thief. He's going to th- he's going to steal her love. But truth be told, love is supreme. He says, whatever embarrassment it may cause me, I'm actually truthful. People claim I'm a thief, but actually I'm truthful. As there's nobody to steal from, it's only me and my energy. So actually I'm truthful. I've got a bad rap. I'm really not a thief. <laughs> and so I'm going to steal, ostensibly, on the surface, it appears like I'm stealing her frame, but my purpose in mind is to tell the world the truth. And this is the truth. Love is supreme, not me. Love for me, that is the supreme thing. I worship that. And that is fully personified and embodied in Radha. So let her glories be known. Jai Radhe, Jai Radhe, Jai Godhari, Jai Godhari. This is the idea. <laughs> So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes to the world for this purpose. Krishna comes for this purpose. To extol the virtues of Radha. She is trying to avoid it. We shall follow her lead. This is the idea. In this way Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has instructed us in Shikshastakam. He's given us a golden opportunity, if you will. We should try to take advantage of it. We'll end our discussion here. Sri Gauranga Mahaprabhu ki jai, Sri Gaurhari ki jai, Sri Radhika ki jai, Radha Sham ki jai, Sri Radhastami Mahamotsubhatiti ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Pramanande. Jai.